Hey, it's Danielle Renee, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Danielle Renee, and I got to be honest with you. Today has been a day. I am home with two sick kiddos. I'm trying to balance uh, life and ministry and my my home life responsibilities. And I don't know if I quite hit the mark today. (laughs) I've been ripping and roaring and I'm sure many of you can relate. Sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day, but I want to invite you, encourage you to come with me for the next 20 minutes or so. Let's set all of that, my mother calls it chatter. Let's set all of that chatter to the side and let's focus in on the goodness of God. Let's, you guys, let's focus and build a discipline of thinking on things that are lovely and true and pure, right? And let's, even if we have found ourselves um, wanting in some areas. Maybe we haven't quite met the mark in some areas. You know what? In our weakness, God's strength is perfected. So for the next 20 minutes and beyond, hopefully, but for the next 20 minutes, let you and I come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and focus on the goodness of God. Amen. Let's get into it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for every single listener. Thank you for just the opportunity to share your goodness. Lord, I ask you to help me articulate that which you have given me. I ask you to help me embrace, Lord, that which you are giving me. Help it to take root in our lives. Help it to grow so that we can be purer reflections of you. Lord, it's all about you. We want nothing more than to just purely showcase your glory in the earth. So we ask you to be a part of what's going on right now. Come in, Lord, and have your way. Okay, so this month on on the podcast, we've been discussing servanthood. And I'll be honest with you, I've been kind of struggling trying to find um, something of value to really share on the subject because servanthood, I feel like it's such an all-encompassing theme that we can talk, we can really take it anywhere, right? I mean, I can talk about the how-tos or the do's and the don'ts. And I remember a few weeks ago, Carmen Adams, uh, my sister-in-law, she shared on serving in the home. Um, um, Carmen, it was a really, really good one. I encourage you to go back. Uh, There was some challenging stuff, full transparency. First time I listened to it, I was like, "Mm, yes, I'm not going to do that. But I am listening to it again, embracing it, (laughs) allowing uh, my pride to shed off and just being willing to let God uh, really stretch me and grow me, mature me, right? And then last week, my mom, she shared on uh, being a witness in your workplace, how we spend so much time on the job that that really is an opportunity to uh, to witness to people. And so I encourage you guys to check both of those teachings out. They were both very, very strong. And you can do that um, at everydaychristluck.com. For tonight, God has kind of given me a different take on servanthood. And I've been 
I've been really trying to be prayerful. I never want to approach these things just slapping it together because I've got to get something out on time. I've been trying to be prayerful about it and really led by the Holy Spirit. And as he always does, he reminded me of an area where I'm personally being challenged. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight because the Holy Spirit has challenged me in saying, Danielle, you're doing all these things. Your hand is in all these things. And I am one of those people, you guys, that I, I tend to have my plate pretty full all the time. I'm one of those people that even when I try to take stuff off my plate, give it 30 days and I'm, I'm right back being busy again. And so the Holy Spirit had challenged me like, why is it that you're so busy doing so many things? Is it because you really have a heart of servanthood or are you still trying to earn approval? So that's the question on the floor tonight. And I want you to just sit with that, right? Sit with that, meditate on that as we get into our study. Because as I was really thinking about this in my own personal life, the Lord brought me to the book of Galatians. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the book of Galatians, um, this is the only epistle written by Paul to a group of churches as opposed to just one. And upon first glance, I was kind of confused like why the Lord brought me to this book because it really doesn't appear to be focused on servanthood. Uh, the letter more accurately is a defense of the gospel against a religious uh, mindset. And the context of the book was written because at the time in the early church, there was a group of religious legalists who were teaching that Old Testament law was still binding and specifically in the area of salvation, that in order for a convert to receive and partake of the promises of God, including salvation, that they must believe by faith in Christ and adhere to the religious law. And the point of contention was really the law of circumcision. These religious legalists, they felt and they taught other people that while faith in Christ was necessary, it was inadequate because you also needed adherence to these religious and cultural laws. And so this mindset was stirring up just a bunch of division within the early church as some Christians were feeling that their salvation was better or I should say more complete because they were not only believing by faith in Christ, but they also had this circumcision that they felt kind of backed up their claim. And so there was a ton of division taking place. And so this context that Paul writes the letter to Galatia where he 
just annihilates this mindset. I mean, he blows it apart line by line. And if you've never read the book of Galatians, I really recommend you read it in one sitting. It's not that long. It's completely doable to sit and do it in one sitting. Just uh, try not to do it while you're sitting in bed. Because <laughs> if you're like me, you're going to be asleep like within two minutes. So, but yes, the book of Galatians is a, is a really, really profound book. But I'm not going to be able to get into all of its nuances for our study tonight. Um, so I really recommend you you read that in one sitting in your personal time of study. For tonight's purposes, I'm going to be focusing primarily on chapter 5, where he says, Christ has set us free for freedom. Therefore, stand firm and do not submit to the bondage of slavery again. Now listen, really quickly before I move on, I have to point out that the bondage of slavery that he's referring to here is not in reference to sin. The bondage of slavery that he's referring to is this religious mindset that the people of Galatia have adopted where they now believe that faith in Christ alone is not adequate, where they have to couple that faith with their own attempt at righteousness through their works, mainly the work of circumcision. So that mindset is what Paul is writing to address when he says, Christ has set us free for freedom. Therefore, stand firm and don't submit to the bondage of slavery again. Verse two, he says, look, I, Paul, I'm telling you that if you have yourself circumcised, having Christ won't help you. Again, I swear to every man who has himself circumcised that he is required to keep the whole law. You people who are trying to be made righteous by the law have been estranged from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. We eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness through the spirit by faith. Best verse, being circumcised or not being circumcised doesn't matter in Christ Jesus, but faith working through love does matter. Okay, I know that's a mouthful. Here's what he's saying. Listen, if you are trying to earn by your works, and in this case, that work is the act of taking it upon yourself to be circumcised. If you're trying to earn your salvation, if you're trying to earn a right standing with God, then you have made the effective work that Christ did on the cross of no value to you, right? But we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So Paul is saying there is a line of delineation where you have to make a decision. Is the work that Christ did enough? Is it whole? Is it complete? Is it lacking nothing? Because if it is, and you have hitched your wagon to that by faith, then you don't have to earn his approval and his right standing. It is by faith in Christ that you become righteous. That's why I love verse six, where it says being circumcised or not being circumcised doesn't matter in Christ Jesus, but faith working through love does matter. Listen, your work profits the work of that Christ did on the cross. Nothing. Why? Because what he did on the cross 
is already good enough. It's already operating at 100%. It needs no adaptation. It needs no elevation. It is enough. But faith working through love does matter. And here Paul concludes his argument in defense of this true gospel of Jesus Christ. And he challenges them to come out from under the law, which he refers to as bondage, and into the liberty of expressing our freedom through love. Now he goes on to say in verse 13, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only don't let this freedom be an opportunity to indulge your selfish impulses, but serve one another through love. Verse 14, it says, all the law has been fulfilled in a single statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I know if you've spent a lot of time around churches or, you know, Christian circles, and you're probably very familiar with this scripture and this kind of golden rule to love your neighbor as yourself. But what you may not have realized is that the context for this scripture is really about freedom. Paul is showing us that Christian liberty is not about the removal of moral restraints so that we can just indulge, you know, our, our own self-interest, but it's about the freedom to serve one another in love. Paul is challenging them saying, listen, you don't have to earn your salvation. It's not about your effort, not about your achievement, not about how much you think you have earned and made a case for yourself for why you deserve to be saved. It's not about that. And because you don't have the burden of earning your salvation, you are free to just love people the way God has loved you. Just be an extension of what you receive from heaven. Just be that extension in the earth. Not because you want the brownie points and not because you're trying to earn something God has already given. Just rest in what was freely given to you and serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. Come out from the law of bondage and rest in the liberty of servanthood. So as I'm studying this, I'm thinking about what the Holy Spirit has shown me in my personal life and, and in my the things that I personally struggle with. And at first I was like, yeah, you know, I got that. I'm good on that front. I, I serve all the time. Check box, check box. And the Holy Spirit was like, mm, okay, but let's go a little bit deeper, right? Deepen your understanding or elevate the expectation that you have of yourself, Danielle, one, one or the other. <laughs> and just as soon as I had convinced myself that I was like, good and had it all together, he challenged me to take an honest look at some things. And I'm going to just be transparent and share this with you. He said, Danielle, in the area that you're struggling with in your home life, is it your desire to be good in that area? Is it your desire to be a good mom and a good wife uh, so that God will acknowledge your effort and say, you're doing a good job, Danielle? that he will acknowledge your sacrifice and then give you favor? Or is it your desire to be a good mom and a good wife uh, so that your husband and your children will be won over to the Lord? 
Is it your desire that you maintain an inner purity and a gentle spirit and um, a meekness about you because you want God to be like, good job, you get a gold star in this area, that a girl? Or do you want to maintain that inner posture of the heart because the Bible says it will drive your family closer to him? And I don't know if this is ringing true for anybody else, but, but he was asking me, is your ministry to your family done because you want to be in right standing with the Lord or because you desire that they would grow up in the knowledge and reverence of the Lord? Is it about you and God's being pleased with you? Are you trying to earn his approval or do you so love your brother and sister in Christ? Do you so love the people that he has given you the privilege to do life with? Do you so love them so much that it's your heart of servanthood that wants them to experience God in his fullness? And I'm going to ask that question. I'm just going to ask that you sit with it and think about it. Because though our hands might be doing the work of service, the question is, is our heart really one of servanthood? Though our hands might be doing the work of service, is our heart, has it really accepted and embraced the heart of servanthood? Because servanthood has no individual motivation. Servanthood is not trying to earn anything. Servanthood is born out of a liberty that having already received, it then open-handedly extends. And the greatest act of service that we as believers in Christ can do for anybody is to point them to Christ to help them know him, to help them walk beside him, and to help them experience him in a profound way, a way that he desires and a way that he's willing to extend. And so for this week, as I'm just kind of trying to bring this in to a close, I've been really trying to be self-aware, really trying to be self-reflective, right? And get to the bottom of this. Am I still approaching servanthood, trying to earn from God what he has already made available? Am I trying to earn his, his love for me? And you know, for me, I think a lot of it comes from my background. I'm, I have a history of abuse, both in my childhood, in my adolescence, and even as an adult. And the thing about abuse, especially in your early years, is it creates this insecurity where you go through life really trying to compensate for what you think people think of you, right? It creates this feeling of, man, if people really knew, they wouldn't feel the same way about me. And so you go through life in this attempt to try to cover it up and compensate by overachieving. You try to come to the table with an argument for why you're good enough before you even allow people to really share and show you what they think about you in the first place. I'm going to prove that I'm worthy before you deem me unworthy. 
But you see, in a relationship with the Lord, he comes in and he looks at us in our in our nakedness and he sees all of our flaws from the beginning and in all of our shortcomings. And he says, yeah, but I still love you and I've still called you and I still have a plan for your life and you're not rejected. In fact, I'm removing you from the bondage and the burden of having to even earn my love because listen, you could never earn it. So I'm removing that burden from you for because of my goodness, the Lord says, and I'm placing the burden on my very own son who I'm giving as a sacrifice so that I can have relationship with you. And all you have to do to enter into this relationship is just believe in him. Just believe in what he did. And I'll engraft you into my family and I'll call you one of my own. So you don't have to build a case for why you're good enough. You can put down your attempts at perfectionism. And you can just rest in the freedom and the safety of being a son or a daughter. And I don't know who this is speaking to tonight, but it's speaking to somebody because the Holy Spirit is saying that there is freedom in this new revelation. You can abandon the toil of the work of service, but on the back end, it's because you want to, you want someone to say you're good enough. Look at me. I'm worthy. I deserve your love. Don't I? You can abandon the toil of that kind of life and really own the freedom and the liberty by making your life an expression of his love toward others. I think about the writer of the book of Galatians <laughs> and, and, and Paul and his ministry resume, which, which he gives in second Corinthians chapter 11, where he says, are there any servants of Christ? Cause I'm a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift in the sea. One freak on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, in dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, in the wilderness, at sea, dangers from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and in thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from all other things, watch this, there's daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Now I want to ask you, what do you think drove Paul on? A complete life of service. But what do you think the motivation was? Do you think Paul was motivated to serve at the capacity and the consistency that he served at the days of his ministry so that he could turn to God and say, look, haven't I earned your affection? Haven't I earned it? No, of course not. Paul understood that he had already received it. And because he received it, he was motivated with this concern for the churches to catch hold of it. If he had been motivated by his own self-interest, he would have stopped halfway through that resume and said, you know what? Enough is enough. I've done enough. I, 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 you know, three times that shipwreck, that's enough, Jesus. But watch what he says. He says, Apart from all of those things, there is daily pressure on me of my concern 
for all the churches. He wasn't trying to prove something about himself. He wasn't trying to earn from God anything. He wasn't building a resume to try to sell anybody on his worthiness. He was boasting of his weakness. And it says in uh, chapter 12, verse 9, boasting in weakness so that the power of Christ would dwell in him. You and I, we are called to a life of servanthood. And as we have learned all throughout this month with our various different contributors, servanthood can, can be applied in so many different facets of our life, at work, at home, in relationships. But at the core of servanthood, is this notion that because of what I have received from God freely, I now freely give. I pour out my life as a sacrificial offering to the Lord and to my brothers and sisters. And I do it not expecting to receive in return because my faith is fixed to what I have already received. And that is relationship with the most high living God. So I come out of this life of being bondage to a law of earning and proving my own self-righteousness. I come out from underneath that law of bondage and I step into the liberty of serving my brothers and sisters in love. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 verse 19 just kind of puts a, a cherry on the top when it says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. I urge you to embrace the true heart of freedom and servanthood. I'm embracing it in my own life. I'm being challenged in this area in my own life as God continues to shed me of this perfectionism and this overcompensation mindset that I have on account of of my insecurities from past wounds. And I urge you and I and I'm encouraging you right alongside of me to let's follow Christ. Let's follow the word of God and let's step into our freedom. Listen, if you want to learn more about the true gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to reach out to us through our website at everydaychristlike.com and allow us to walk with you through the truth of God's word and share this incredible good news of Jesus Christ. And listen, be sure to connect with your EDC community by reaching out to us on any one of our social media outlets using the handle Everyday Christlike. God bless you.